Hacks is back for season three, and so is the official Hacks podcast. In each episode, Hacks creators Lucia Agnello, Paul W. Downs, and Jen Statsky speak with cast and crew members to unpack the Emmy-winning comedy series. You'll hear Hannah Einbinder and Gene Smart speak to their on-screen dynamic, along with stories from the show's writer's room, on-set antics, and creating the world that Deborah and Ava inhabit. Watch Hacks, streaming exclusively on Max, and listen to the official Hacks podcast on Max or wherever you get your podcasts. Bean Dad, The Dress, 30 to 50 Feral Hogs. If you knew what any of those were, you spend too much time online. And hey, I do too. 16th Minute of Fame is a new weekly podcast hosted by me, Jamie Loftus. And every week we take a closer look at an internet character of the day. Who are they? What made them so notorious? How did the internet or the algorithm choose them? And what does a person do when they're suddenly confronted with more attention than the human psyche can handle? Listen to 16th Minute of Fame on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Imagine you're a fly on the wall at a dinner between the mafia, the CIA, and the KGB. That's where my new podcast begins. This is Neil Strauss, host of To Live and Die in L.A., and I wanted to quickly tell you about an intense new series about a dangerous spy taught to seduce men for their secrets and sometimes their lives. From Tenderfoot TV, this is To Die For. To Die For is available now. Listen for free on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. All I ever wanted was a little love. I want true romance, it's true. Hello and welcome to True Romance. This is Carolina Barlow. This is Devin Leary. Lord, they put us through the ringer last night. Listen, I've seen a lot of bad. I've seen the good, bad, and the ugly in life, but also <laughs> mostly in the things I've watched. Um, I people people know that I engage not just in Bravo reality, but TLC, Discovery Plus, <laughs> Lifetime. Um, I've watched many seasons of Married at First Sight, which is essentially a show where a bunch of wackadoos set up perfectly innocent women with absolute psychopaths and force them to get legally married. Okay, this is the type of thing I've watched. But last night's finale of The Bachelorette was the most deranged thing that I've ever seen. I had to keep rewinding it because I was like, wait, what? First of all. It opens with that guy. What's his name? Jesse. Jesse Palmer, who is a terror. They need to replace him. He's unwatchable. I, I was thinking, I was like, if they don't replace him after tonight, then they're just lazy. Like, yeah, that, he, he opens the episode standing there and basically telling us he's like, we as uh, as the Bachelor Enterprises. I mean, he didn't say that, but he's like Bachelor Enterprises decided to have two bachelorettes because we thought that that would give us a chance at double the love and double the happiness. Okay. Biggest lie I've ever heard in my life. We never could have predicted that instead we got double the drama. Oh, really? You guys never could have predicted that? That We never wanted drama. We never wanted drama. Then he proceeds to be like, will Rachel and Gabby find love or will one of them be lied to about being cheated on and another one being lied to about how this guy (laughs) had text with his friend? I'm like, "Um, let me think about that. Let me try to guess. Hmm, Will they just find love and everything's fine or will they be cheated on and betrayed over and over again? Let me think about that. I'm not sure. 
And then he's like, let's find out. They sit there. They start like, how do we describe this? It's like they it starts with Rachel's experience. That's like 70 percent of the episode. I mean, not even it should have been 90 percent of the episode. But for some reason, it's three hours long for God knows why. But the beginning of the episode is like we're it's the weirdest thing. It's like they're making us watch this footage of Rachel getting engaged to Tino. And then every five minutes, it cuts back to Jesse being like, will Rachel remain happy or will she find out that Tino betrayed her? And it's like, okay, we already fucking know what's going to happen. Like, just okay, so just talk about that then. I don't care. I don't want to watch the proposal then. I don't care. Like, it's fine. They also keep like cutting to him talking to her being like, so Rachel, you thought everything was perfect, right? And she's like, yeah, correct. And he's like, okay, well then let's just see if it stays that way. It's like, (laughs) is this hell? Like, is this what the devil looks like in hell is like sitting across from you, making you watch the memories where you thought a relationship was going to work and being like, excuse me, Devin. So it was this moment where you still thought everything was going to be good. Yeah. Okay. Well, let's see what happens next. Like, it's like, that's actually hell. Like it's, it's, it's Hades. It is. We're Hades. in Hades. It's so funny. I was watching um, the old season five of Roni last night because my friend hadn't seen the pirate episodes when Luann hooks up with the pirate. And I was okay, like, well. okay, th- this is history. So this <laughs> yeah. is history. So yes, we will have to be, <laughs> we will have to go to St. Bart's, which one of my favorite parts about that tangent is that all the women are like, one of my favorite places to go in St. Bart's. This is my home away from home in St. Bart's. I'm like, I guarantee you, you've all been to St. Bart's like one time. I know. It's also like, like, I always think about that where I'm like, okay, fast. Like, I'm like, what did my parents tell me about that they remember? They're like, oh, TV will never be as great as like Seinfeld and Columbo again. And I'm going to be like, okay, so there was Rena Rose (laughs) and then there was Kathy Hilton's brand of tequila and she wanted to promote her brand. And then Lisa Rinna said, my friend Kendall Jenner has a tequila that I want to try. I'm like, that's what I'm going to be telling my children about. And they'll be like, wait, what? Okay. So I'm in the middle of literally uh, Luann telling her friends that she had hung out with a bunch of Italian people last night when really <laughs> it was one the French Italians. pirate. <laughs> oh, it was great. I had a bunch of friends that were Italian guys walking, coming over. It was amazing. Wait, and can I just reality- say also, our friend Sally had the funniest line about that scene where she's like, Luann thinks that like no one on earth has ever spoken French before. Like she, <laughs> she makes a phone call in French to the pirate guy and she's like, Okay, so don't no she one can find out code. that we hooked up. And it's like, okay, one of the it's the second most easily subtitled language in America. Like I'm sure first most is Spanish and second most is French. So it's actually gonna take under ten seconds for Bravo producers <laughs> to figure out how to tell us all that she cheated on her husband. I know. We're not small town listeners. We can hack it. Yeah. So I'm in the middle of that, like, which is cinema, which is just exciting. It's a jaw dropping. <laughs> and then I think fuck me, I have to go watch Jesse Palmer talking to camera for three hours, which is exactly I know. what I had to do. It felt like work. It felt like work. And it's so funny. Tino, like, listen, I know that I thought he was attractive. I do not think that anymore. But think, also, yeah. he could not have been more of a red flag. Like, he's a trope on Bachelor. Like, he's the guy who's way too eager, way too intense. He's yes. Just, he's, he's clearly a problem. It's clearly a problem. Very low and IQ. There's incredibly low IQ. Like maybe we've heard him say five different words all in the monotone Total. voice. I, yeah. I actually want to read some of their proposal language if you'll bear with me a moment. Okay. But also, can I just say off of what you just said, like 
that I thought that exact same thing where it's like Jesse keeps saying like how shocking this crazy twist of events and Rachel too is being like I mean I cannot believe it like I never could have and I'm like really like listen I'm not here to victim blame but just as someone who has been in like really shitty relationships and then like the breakup happens it's like you have to at a certain point go like oh I actually could have seen that coming but she's like I never could have imagined that when I thought I found the love, like we all could have imagined that. The funny part is that she's speaking to Jesse as if her and Tino have been living together for seven years. She's like, I was completely blindsided. I thought I had met the man I was going to spend the rest of my life with. It's like, no, you met a man on TV. You guys were together for two weeks and you had difficulties. That's what I love. too. She was like, and then, yes, we faced difficulties. Yes, there were. it was difficult. We faced a lot of difficulties. And you're like, babe, this is a red flag. It's not like someone who's saying like, yeah, we were together for five years. Obviously, we hit some rough patches. She's like, yes, I was doing press in New York and it was really hard. It was hard on me. I know. And it's like, actually, if things are still difficult when like everything you're doing is being paid for and you're, you've only been together for four weeks, like that is a bad sign. So- like... <laughs> really things were difficult then then I would hate to imagine when you have to like decide if you're going to move from Florida or not like I mean I would hate that conversation in general if it became a conflict I'd be like if you want to stay in Florida we have bigger problems than moving my friend okay so when he proposes he says there's something I gotta say and she's like oh my god oh my god oh my god anyone who does this to a girl is an asshole and then he goes like psychopath this is never going away And she looks at him like, you dirty trickster. And then he says, Rachel, like this, you're the most beautiful woman in the world. Your compassion, your wit, your charm, your intelligence make me fall in love with you more and more every time I see you. It's like when you see a child give like a speech about like their grandmother at like a school recital. (laughs) Like every time we're together, you make me feel like the center of your universe. And I'm here today to make sure you'll be the center of mine. This crazy love is going to look too good to be true to some people, but it's as real as it can be. Quite frankly, the only person I care about understanding that is standing right in front of me. And Rachel's like, I will. Yes. A million times. Yes. We're engaged. And they get on a horse together. By the way, they keep showing that little corner camera. They keep showing her parents looking sullen. Like, I'm like, why does this family need to be humiliated like this? Like, know, like, so she's like, crazy. okay, I'm engaged. And they cuss to her dad looking like he wants to, like, beat someone up. And it's like, <laughs> okay, um, what? I could not believe they had Tino there. So then literally what is now a trope in Bachelor history, they have the breakup right after the proposal. They have to cut they to schedule, present day. They schedule a film. Well, at first I was annoyed because then they cut away from the fantasy and by the way, this is this is actually almost word for word what happens. Jesse's like, so that was you getting engaged and you thought that that was the happiest you've ever been, right? And she's like, yeah, I thought that was like the my life was better than ever. And he's like, and then you found out that Tino cheated on you and betrayed you. And, and she's like, yes. And he's like, how are you holding up? And she goes, um, not great. Not great. And he's like, I'm sorry. I'm really sorry to hear that. So, but and I, <laughs> wait, what's happening? And then, they cut to this this filmed breakup, which all I can say is like what happened. So this is a thing where, where it's supposed to be high drama. And like, at, like I've said, I watched the full gambit of things, including like Love Island, where it's like fully 60 hours of television <laughs> that I that I have to watch. So it's basically a full time job. 
And <laughs> even during that, there's like moments where I'm like truly riveted, like during the breakup moments. It's like, I can't look away. I wish I could look away. I wish I could do my job or live my life, but I can't. So that's what this moment should have been. But honestly, Rachel is so boring and Tino is so dumb that like during okay. it, I had. I had Don't to you do- feel bad for Tino? I even though he fully cheated, I've never feel I do not feel bad for cheaters. I'm not a monster, but. It was like watching a bitchy girl beat up a dumb kid. <laughs> but also I was like, it was, I was having that thing where like when you're at like a job interview where you have to like remind yourself to focus and you're like, okay, let me think about how I'm going to respond to what this person says. Like, don't get distracted. Don't think about your laundry. Don't whatever. That's what was happening. I was like, okay, Devin, focus, like listen to the words they were saying, but they were just saying the same stupid words over and over again, where she's like, really, you want to talk about that? You want to talk about if you love me? why are you projecting this back on me? And he's like, Rachel, I'm sorry you're in pain. Like, it was just the same most boring yeah, it was thing painful. over and over again. And like, yes, I agree that like he was gaslighting her and he was putting it on her and, and he sucks. But like, that was it. And I wish there was, there, it, there was so much more nuance in like Gabby's brief conversation with Eric where he's like, I don't know if I'm ready to get proposed to. And she's like, I feel like people are telling me I'm crazy and I'm not crazy. Like, but do I stay in this experience or do I give up? Because it's like there was so much more nuance to that. And she's such a more interesting, dynamic person, which, by the way, then they cut to this week and she's like, yeah, so I decided to give him another chance, even though we had. The- <laughs> she's like, anyway, it's fine. OK, so I think today I'm getting engaged. I'm like, whatever. But still, that was so much more interesting than this conversation about being cheated on. That honestly sounded like a conversation about what to buy at Home Depot. Like, that's how it felt. I also was just like, Rachel, you're making me want to cheat on you right now. Like, you're being so obnoxious. I, and it was just so, like, it was so scolding. And I was just like, okay, again, I hate cheaters. They're awful. He's a piece of shit. We hate him. But she was so, she's, there is something so fraudulent about her. I hate to say that there's something so fake and, like, posed. Like, even when he leaves after they have this long back and forth, she just goes to the cameras and goes, I mean, I feel crazy. Like, did that just happen? Like, if this was real, if the feelings were real, you would literally be on the floor right now, like, falling apart. But instead, you're just like, um, okay, uh, cuckoo alert. Like, I feel crazy. I know. And also, like, he said, basically, like, he's, like, taking off his mic and he's like, okay, so she just, like, brought me here to make me look bad. And it's like, Yeah, you're right. She brought you there to film a scene where she could yell at you because she wanted to feel better about what happened. And like, that is stupid. And like, he sucks. Yes, I hate him. But like, it's kind of boring, like you said, because it's not like there was any interest she had in like, I don't know. It's like, I feel like they they wanted it to be like that scene with, I think they started filming the like post seasons breakups when the Ari thing happened where like Ari chose Becca and then he went back on his decision and told her he actually wanted to go back to be with Lauren instead. And like, that was one of the most riveting things in television because she basically starts crying and she's like, get away from me and he won't leave her alone. And she's like, leave, leave. Like, and he's like, let me talk to you because he wanted to still be the good guy or whatever. So the fact that Rachel thinks this compares to that at all is honestly an insult. Like I felt insulted. That's how I felt last night watching the whole thing. I'm like, Okay, I feel like insulted and I feel like, fuck you. Like, you think you're getting something over on me by making me watch something this stupid and pointless for an hour and a half? Like, that was the length of a full feature film, just watching Rachel talk about. Longer. It was like a Christopher Nolan film. It was. It was honestly, what's that thing called? It was called? Tenet. It was Tenet. It was Tenet. <laughs> and you know what? Tenant 
made absolutely zero sense to me, but I would rather rewatch that. Rachel. That's the thing too, is that I actually do want to hear what happened and what they're doing is they keep being, Rachel keeps being like, Oh, you want to bring up when I said, I didn't love you. You want to bring that up right now. And I'm like, <laughs> she's like, we broke up. We were going through difficult things that were personal. And I'm like, mm, yeah, that doesn't exist for me right now. Like, so say I, what it was. Yeah. Say what it was. Like, who's gay? Who took a dump in the bed like Amber Heard? <laughs> <I'm just kidding. laughs> no, it's just like, who's gay? Let's let's be straightforward. Who's gay? Who's gay? <laughs> let's be straight. Who's gay? Um, that's the name of our next podcast, by the way. Um, yeah, we I, I simply cannot waste any more time in my life on um, Rachel. I will say that was something that I did think was funny was that she you see a completely new side of her personality instead of her being like, um, what you think I'm pretty like baby doll voice. Every time they shot to her watching the screen, she had this yada look yeah. in her eye and you're like, OK, who are you? Are you truly going to beat someone up? And then, um, of course, they surprise her with Avon. And he's like, oh, I hey, Rachel, you want to get out of here? He might as well have come on like a sponsored like motorcycle, like yeah. or like come in a car they were selling. And she's like, he's I like, would it was actually... really easy to walk here in my doctor's shoals, uh, <laughs> extra support walking yeah, shoes. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> and um yeah he does like an old navy ad with like people dancing behind yeah. him <laughs> he's like this season for back to school you're gonna want to be fresh <laughs> i'm Avon, and i'm back back to school like your kids are <laughs> um and she's like i would love nothing more and like runs off with him they keep the camera on tino who honestly looks like gaston at the end of beauty and the beast he just doesn't have anything to say. <laughs> yeah, it's just like again, I but feel he was bad kind for of this smiling because I thought I think he probably was like, "All right, phew, at least this is over." Relief. Yeah, like, yeah, and it's so awkward. I was like, this show is devolving into Jerry Springer. Like when he walked, when Tina walked on stage in general, people booed, there was like yeah. people booed and like yelled things, and I was like, this is garbage television. Um, from someone who did used to watch Jerry Springer, this is and it had the same vibes where like there's a host who's pretending to be like, all right, all right, we're going to hear him out. We're going to hear him out. Yeah. And then the worst, this is when I was like, Jesse Palmer should be fired, never allowed on any TV screens again. Jesse looks to camera, goes, oh, uh, what just happened? Avon just took Rachel <laughs> away. I have no idea where they're going. It's like, Jesse, you did dress rehearsal. You did a blocking rehearsal yes, for this. Yes. Just shut the fuck up. Stop lying. Like, that's the thing so, I don't. Yes, yeah, stop I don't lying. Get. And by the way, that one, that I can't even count how many long exclusive footage trailers there were during this. Like every, it would be like, okay, Rachel. So did you think you were going to be happy? Oh, well, did you ever think you'd be betrayed? No. Okay. Let's see what happens. <laughs> but first we have exclusive footage from CBS's all new show, FBI baby doctor. Yeah. Like <laughs> FBI let's see. young Sheldon. And at one point they're like, all right, we have, all right. Well, speaking of betrayal we have something an exclusive look at the kardashians on hulu and it's like a 10 second thing of chloe being like i'm ready to talk about the fact that tristan and i are having another child and you know what this made me think i thought you know what this is actually the perfect show for quote unquote the kardashians to have a commercial during because you know who's just as fake and full of shit as this franchise wasting our time wasting our time they're not going to be honest there's not nothing raw and i'm just like when I watch a show, yes, granted, this is not premium television and it's it's nuanced, 
It's nuanced because when I watch a show like Sister Wives, I I watch (laughs) Christine Brown deciding to leave plural marriage and the plural marriage lifestyle behind because she's gaslit by fucking Cody Brown, who's terrible. And I think, yes, I'm behind her. And then a few scenes later, she says she doesn't believe that the disease of COVID is actually real. And I think, okay, these people are complicated. But watching this, I I think I believe in humanity again. People are being real. People are giving me what I want to see. People are being honest. They're they're doing they're they're showing the raw experiences of their life for my entertainment. And that makes me believe in God. And then I turn on ABC and I see this bullshit. Jesse Palmer was grown in a lab. I don't even think people like I, I, I don't think that IVF was used. I don't think people had sex for it. Like, I think he just showed yes. up out of like a hologram. <laughs> no, you're right. It's like that in Watchmen when like that guy would grow the humans who all looked the same. That's that's, that's where that's Chris Harrison and Jesse Palmer came out of that lab. I want true romance. Bean Dad, The Dress, 30 to 50 Feral Hogs. If you knew what any of those were, you spend too much time online. And hey, I do too. 16th Minute of Fame is a new weekly podcast hosted by me, Jamie Loftus, where every week I take a closer look at an internet character of the day. Who were they? What made them so notorious? Why did the internet choose them? And what does a person do when they're suddenly confronted with more attention than the human psyche can handle? I'll be talking to internet historians, experts, and yes, the main characters themselves to get a fuller picture. Because I think that even outside individual experiences, a character of the day tells us something about how the internet worked at that time and how the attention economy developed into the freaky three-headed dragon it is today. Together, we probably won't be able to properly log out, but we can take a walk down scary internet memory lane and see one day a little more clearly. Listen to 16th Minute of Fame on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. We started talking about this incident. Drugs and uh, officials cover up. (laughs) You couldn't believe it. From iHeart Podcasts. It's like the police knew who he was before they got here. A story about money, power, and corruption. The medical school dean at USC was leading a secret double life. She's breathing right now? Yes, she's absolutely breathing. I'm a doctor, actually. There's no way that that guy's a doctor. I'm Paul Pringle, and I'm an investigative reporter for the LA Times. This is the story of an investigation that starts in a hotel room in Pasadena, California, and reaches all the way to the top of two of the most powerful institutions in the city of Los Angeles. When people fall in line, they fall in line. Looking back, I realized, oh, everyone knew. This is Fallen Angels, the story of California corruption. We're always going to have predators. It's the good people who stand by and do nothing that allow them to flourish. Listen to Fallen Angels, a story of California corruption, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts. Something that makes me crazy is when people say, well, I had this career before, but it was a waste. And that's where the perspective shift comes, that it's not a waste that everything you've done has built you to where you are now. This is She Pivots, the podcast where we explore the inspiring pivots women have made and dig deeper into the personal reasons behind them. Join me, Emily Tish sussman every Wednesday on She Pivots as I sit down with inspiring women like Misty Copeland, Brooke Shields, Vanessa Hudgens, and so many more. 
We dive into how these women made their pivot and their mindset shifts that happened as a result. It's a podcast about women, their stories, and how their pivot became their success. Listen to She Pivots on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I am excited for Bachelor in Paradise. I honestly, it's going to be a relief. It looks like there could be some good stuff there. I see a woman running on the beach and just yelling gibberish, which is (laughs) what I'm looking for. Remember that one woman who came on two different seasons and her storyline both times was that she it, she was like, it's so hot. Like, I'm sweating. I hate yes, it here. It's yes. so hot. And one of them, too, was that she had made out with one of the, uh, the contestants' uncles. She was like, oh, yeah. yeah, I kissed your uncle. And I was like, this is the kind of energy I'm looking for. Thank you. So to speed through Gabby and Eric, because I, I truly think Eric is um, the most bland person of all time. But Chill. Gabby is so funny. And the fact that mimicking birds became a part of their proposal was at least something different. I think the birds were warning them, though. I think that was a warning sound. <laughs> it was ravens. They were ravens sent from the from the future. Literally, when she said yes, there were cacaws. And then yeah. when they hugged right after there were cacaws. And I was like, listen, we can listen. Well, are you listening? Yes. Signs are real. Signs are real. We've all had signs in our life. And these birds were telling her to get away from this guy. He has done blackface. He only went on this show to help with his career. I mean, that was such a funny like spin they were trying to do. Where he was like, "Yeah, I mean, no, I, 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 I led this girl on. I feel terrible. I tried to break things off easy, and um, yeah, I mean, like, if you need proof that this process works, look at me. I didn't know that I would be here, and here I am." Yeah, he literally texted a girl that he was dating and was like, okay, I'm sorry, but an opportunity came up where I could actually do something with my life. And he meant go on The Bachelorette. Go on The Bachelorette. That's what he meant when he said, I thought I actually had an opportunity to do something with my life. Yeah. And that just makes you think, like, I'm grateful for what I have. I am grateful that I'm not with someone like Eric and I feel bad because Gabby's cool. I, I do think Gabby is a little more chaotic than we know. Yeah. I can imagine fights um, coming up out of nowhere. And I say that as someone who used to bring fights up out of nowhere after a few drinks. Okay. I think I say this as someone who currently brings fights up out of nowhere. I think she, to be that hot, it's almost like, yeah, there's a a price to be paid. There's a price to be paid. The devil doesn't give you that for free. (laughs) Listen, in the world of Hades, which is ABC's the bachelor nation franchise. Mm hmm. You can't you do have to make a deal with the devil and and to get to get a to get a revolve model. Yeah. And speaking of revolve model to comment briefly on this. Have you read about this Adam Levine shit? Oh, 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 I was worried that we weren't going to touch on this. Okay, that is truly the funniest thing that (laughs) it's it's the funniest cheating scandal we've ever had. I know we've had like Anthony Weiner sent Weiner pics and it's like, okay, play on words. Woo. But I'm five years old that I like that news is like 10 years old. and I still laughed at it. Still funny. But it did cost us election and, you know, but whatever. But I don't want to talk about that. (laughs) Come on, Carolina. Why is this like this? This is what it's like to follow Carolina on Twitter. You're like, oh, okay. I, I my my feed is like the Lisa Rinna Eminem and jokes about how Trisha Paytas is raising the queen's reincarnated body as her baby. And then I see like 
wait, something about how Donald Trump is the biggest criminal of our lifetime. And it's like Carolina Barlow liked. And I'm like, why did you have to bring that into my fucking Sorry. area right now? Yeah. But yes, to recap for any of our listeners who do not know about the Adam Levine scandal, um, a Instagram model named Sumner came forward with some TikTok receipts and said that she was only coming forward because she had shared some with her friends and they were trying to sell them to outlets. But it's the fact that she was involved with Adam Levine for a year. He's currently married to Pahati Prinzalu, obviously a Victoria's Secret model. Obviously, he still had to cheat on her, even though she's the mother of two of his children and they're married. And Sumner, the Instagram model, shows that out of nowhere, after they hadn't been seeing each other for a while, Adam Levine DMs her on Instagram saying, hey, um, I'm having another baby. And if it's a boy, I'm thinking of naming it Sumner. You okay with that? Dead serious in in capitals. And you're like, as if she was going to be like, LMAO, NP, like, go for it. (laughs) His DMs are so fucking embarrassing. At one point he goes, you are 1000 times hotter in person, but so am I. And then he has tears laughing emoji. I would absolutely throw my phone into a river if someone sent me that. He also goes, I might need to see that ass. (laughs) Fuck. You're like, okay. That's interesting. You're interested in asses. Got it. I never would have fucking guessed. Well, also, I saw I forget who posted this or or tweeted this, but another celebrity. Oh, it was Chris. Oh, my God. How could I forget? Chris Stoss. Chris Stoss. Chris Shell. Chris my beloved Chris um, posted this thing love- about like, I know. Actually, what was your <laughs> question? I, I, I didn't want I didn't I watch her selling sunset. I just like her. I've watched all the sellings and I have a lot to say about all of them, including about Brittany Stowe's husband. Couldn't be happier. The best news besides Adam Levine getting outed for literally almost getting away with an affair and then ruining everything by trying to name his son (laughs) after his his mistress because he can't think of a better name when there's if you're a celebrity, just look around a room and like you will see. Oh, Frigidaire. That's a good name. Like just name your kid after anything. Painting. I mean, what's her name? Trisha Payton named her daughter Malibu Barbie certain that she was just like looking at the daily mail and it's like more leaked photos from greta gerwig's barbie movie and she's like oh barbie that's the name anyway the best news after that is that britney snow thank god divorced her husband after watching him on selling oc which like i don't know why it took her actually watching the show i feel like when your husband tells you like i want to go on a reality show called selling oc maybe that's a red maybe flag that, but yeah who knows i've never been married it's not like i know about that but anyway Chriselle Strauss said that men need to stop including like and my wife and I are like working through this going like she's like you've said enough stop speaking for your wife I totally agree let the wife come forward let her be like Elizabeth Chambers doing an exclusive for ET online and probably getting paid like ten thousand dollars to talk about Army Hammer let's let that stuff happen. Don't let yeah. this man try to explain what his wife went through by this humiliation. Cause it's not only did people find out that her husband cheated on her. They also found out that her husband is a fucking idiot. It's also the most predictable thing ever. Like if honestly, if someone like John legend cheated, I think like the nation would go into mourning. Yeah. Finding out that Adam Levine cheated. You're like, honestly, I would be surprised if he was loyal. I would be yes. shocked. He looks so truly disgusting. There was a picture of him and his wife, Bahati Prinzalu. She just happens to be freakishly gorgeous. And of course, he goes after like the most like fake tits, fake ass, fake lips models like that he can find. 
But there's a picture of them together and he's wearing like a porno stash. He's sunburned. He's covered in tattoos, which I generally love on men. But on him, he just looks like a rich asshole. And I think that's what he is. He grew up rich in L.A. He's just a piece of shit. Remember when he took off his shirt at the Super Bowl as if we wanted to see that? Like you could we tell. We will never want to see you it. You could tell when he took it off that he thought like America's women were watching like, oh my God, I just wish you would take his shirt off. And it's like, you're not Channing Tatum. Also, I loved that Sumner, the influencer, when she did the TikTok, she's like, okay, so uh, Maroon 5 is basically elevator music at this point. So everyone's heard of it. I was like, wow. Thank you. It's thank dentist you. office music. Yeah. It's just so boring. And speaking of boring, we have to talk. There's a new Bachelor. And Devin did call this. Devin said, (laughs) I'm worried that the Bachelor is going to be Zach, who is one of the runner ups, if you'll remember. And you might not because he's that boring. He was the one who was like, Rachel seems really fake in our fantasy suite. So I do not think I can do this. And it's truly sad because you're like, oh, you're actually a nerd. You actually think this is like the process to find your wife. Like, he looked so caught off guard, like, whoa, she was like really weird and like just kept asking me if I was willing to get married. And now I feel really strange about the whole thing. I want true romance. Bean Dad, The Dress, 30 to 50 Feral Hogs. If you knew what any of those were, you spend too much time online. And hey, I do too. 16th Minute of Fame is a new weekly podcast hosted by me, Jamie Loftus, where every week I take a closer look at an internet character of the day. Who were they? What made them so notorious? Why did the internet choose them? And what does a person do when they're suddenly confronted with more attention than the human psyche can handle? I'll be talking to internet historians, experts, and yes, the main characters themselves to get a fuller picture. Because I think that even outside individual experiences, a character of the day tells us something about how the internet worked at that time and how the attention economy developed into the freaky three-headed dragon it is today. Together, we probably won't be able to properly log out, but we can take a walk down scary internet memory lane and see one day a little more clearly. Listen to 16th Minute of Fame on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. We started talking about this incident. Drugs and uh, officials cover up. (laughs) You couldn't believe it. From iHeart Podcasts. It's like the police knew who he was before they got here. A story about money, power, and corruption. The medical school dean at USC was leading a secret double life. He's breathing right now? Yes, he's absolutely breathing. I'm a doctor, actually. There's no way that that guy's a doctor. I'm Paul Pringle, and I'm an investigative reporter for the LA Times. This is the story of an investigation that starts in a hotel room in Pasadena, California, and reaches all the way to the top of two of the most powerful institutions in the city of Los Angeles. When people fall in line, they fall in line. Looking back, I realized, oh, everyone knew. This is Fallen Angels, a story of California corruption. We're always going to have predators. It's the good people who stand by and do nothing that allow them to flourish. Listen to Fallen Angels, a story of California corruption, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts. Something that makes me crazy is when people say, well, I had this career before, but it was a waste. And that's where the perspective shift comes. 
that it's not a waste that everything you've done has built you to where you are now. This is She Pivots, the podcast where we explore the inspiring pivots women have made and dig deeper into the personal reasons behind them. Join me, Emily Tish sussman every Wednesday on She Pivots as I sit down with inspiring women like Misty Copeland, Brooke Shields, Vanessa Hudgens, and so many more. We dive into how these women made their pivot and their mindset shifts that happened as a result. It's a podcast about women, their stories, and how their pivot became their success. Listen to She Pivots on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I feel angry about this because, first of all, it's like I suddenly was like, oh, this must have been what it was like for those doctors who tried to tell us like COVID's going to be a real like serious (laughs) disease. And everyone was like, wait, what? Shut up. Like, including me. I was like in Las Vegas on a trip like, okay, I'm supposed to use hand sanitizer. That's how I felt this time because I was like, I really think Zach's going to be it. And everyone's like, no, no, it could never possibly choose someone that boring. Well, here we are. I felt the same way. I thought there's no way they could. I was voting for meatball, as you guys know. But I also thought like, OK, so the the choosing of of Gabby and Rachel, despite Jesse trying to twist it as like they only made the decision hoping to find people love. The truth is there is a there is a tradition in the Bachelor Nation franchise where someone who was deeply wronged gets chosen as the bachelor or bachelorette. So Rachel and Gabby were deeply wronged by Clayton who told them he loved them and then like left them for someone else. And that's why they were chosen. And people were deeply wronged this season, namely, what is it? Meatball. Meatball. And also Tyler who had to be humiliated in front of his family in South Jersey. Like there's people who deserved a chance at love and it's not Putty's nephew. Just I, I'm certain... <laughs> I'm certain they chose Zach just so that they can have like scenes with Putty where they're like, okay, guess what? Guess who's showing up at the group date? It's Putty. Like, well, people also said that they think they chose Zach because he actually really clearly wants to get married and they need like a marriage. They need a wedding. They do. They do. They do. And, but the funny thing is, is Zach is such a square. They, of course, last night had, again, they need to find new producers. They're so bad. Last night, they had Zach meet a few of his first contestants the girls are you know whatever but each girl is cooler than him except for some stinkers but each the girl that he gives his first impression rose to so much more beautiful so much like more charming than him it's hard for me to imagine a person who isn't more charming than him because he's not charming at all like even if someone like i said people are complicated even if it was someone who doesn't believe COVID is a real disease or someone who was at january 6th let's say that would be more interesting than Zach, at least. We just have to find out who's a Republican and they have to let people talk about political issues, A, and they have to throw some randos in there. Let's throw Tila Tequila in as a yep. contestant. Let's get I Love New York back on our TV screens. Oh, my let's God. put people, let's make this more of a surprising show. No, I don't think it's surprising when you go on a cruise. I think that's boring. I don't think it's surprising when you give audience members a cruise like certificate. I think that's the beginning of a horror movie. Oh, that's a good idea. We should write that together. Okay, I have to say that. Um, wait, I'm trying to find this quote from I Love New York, where she's like, "The shoes that Gemma gave that that Gemma gave me 
because I was really grateful for my algorithm that the day the queen died, my TikTok algorithm was still just like showing me clips of I Love New York. But this is actually from Goodreads.com and it's Goodreads.com slash Tiffany Pollard slash quotes slash quotable quote. And this is a direct quote. I don't know if you'll let me keep this in, but Tiffany New York Pollard says this on Flavor of Love in this exact tone. (laughs) Pretty much, I would let Gemma know that she is a fat cunt and um, the shoes that she gave me were not something that I would particularly buy for myself. They were old maiden type of shoes and she said that those shoes were meant to be worn on a beautiful woman. So if that is the case, she should have put them back on the rack and she should have never even purchased them because she was unqualified to own those shoes if that's the case. And um, I think that Gemma is just a disgrace. She's a disgrace to women who are actually beautiful and classy and um She just doesn't have the vernacular she thinks she possesses. Somebody lied to her several times and told her that she was fly, hot, and sexy, and beautiful, and she's nothing like that. She's nothing of the sort. I'm sorry. This is one of the genius minds of our time. I also love the um, Tiffany Pollard quote where um, that crazy girl in the house says, you guys are just mad because all my friends say I look like Beyonce. (laughs) (laughs) Tiffany goes, Beyonce? Beyonce, you look like Luther Vandross. (laughs) I'm just saying like, this is one of the most genius minds of our time. The the stuff that she thought, talk about improv, talk about being in the moment in a performance, like the stuff that she thinks of, even the moments like where she would go to her room and sit on her bed with like her sunglasses on and like smoke a cigarette. It's like, we, (laughs) we, we don't have performances like this anymore. Exactly. Exactly. This is what ABC is missing. The fact that a dating show existed where a a monologue like this was given, where it's like a story (laughs) arc of a woman offering, basically the story arc is a woman that she's on this show with, (laughs) offers to let her borrow a pair of shoes that quote unquote beautiful women wear. And Tiffany goes into a long monologue about how many people have lied to this person several times for her to believe (laughs) that she's qualified to wear shoes that beautiful women wear. (laughs) Well, I also want to say that, you know, that in the audition for flavor of love, everyone loved Tiffany and they realized that no one had asked her to audition. She just showed up to auditions. People were like, Oh, who brought her here? She just showed up. She's a genius. Also one of my favorite reality TV moments is when a girl tells her to break a leg and she's like, what did you just tell me? And she goes, I said, break a leg. She's like, yeah, no, I'm going to get the part. That's what I'm going to do. And then later she's talking to the guy and she's like, all these girls are getting in my head. They're saying, you know, I'm going to break your leg. And and he's like, the guy's like, oh, that's what people say for good luck. And she literally puts her head in her hands like, oh, and she's like, it doesn't even matter because I'm such a star. No one will remember this. Also, the fact that like, you know, that this is one of those things where it's like a testimonial where the producer was probably like, so Tiffany, like, what did you think of the shoes that Gemma let? And she's like, Okay, so pretty much I would let Gemma know that she's a fat cunt. And um, the shoes she gave me were old maiden type of shoes. Uh, It's just like, this is the things that you can't, an audience that grew up on something like this, you can't then expect us to stomach something as bland and garbage as Zach. So all of this was to say that 
Zach, Zach should be, not be ashamed of himself and <laughs> he needs to go. I can only hope that we will have amazing female contestants. They will make it. Yeah. Who will make him cry repeatedly because we know that he's a crier. We know that he's going to miss his mom. We know that he's going to like be 50 miles away from his mom freaking out. That's true. I will say like Clayton's season that I watched a few episodes of was incredibly good and nothing to do with Clayton. He's very boring (laughs) and stupid, but it was just like the women were amazing. Well, I actually am excited for Bachelor in Paradise and and Devin and I will take a taste. We'll see if it's right for the people. But we have so much good television, good cinema coming up. We have Love is Blind 2 after the altar, by the way, which I have a lot to say. Our next episode. I have a lot to say about that. So please stay tuned for that. We also have Potomac. We also have Batch in Paradise. We are never going to let you down, not like Jesse Palmer has, by merely existing. Yeah. (laughs) He's let the people down. (laughs) But anyway, so now that we've told a couple of people that they should never have any business being on television um, (laughs) and they should go home, that's, uh, I think that's it for us today. I love you, Devin. Love you, Carol. The Dress, 30 to 50 Feral Hogs. If you knew what any of those were, you spend too much time online. And hey, I do too. 16th Minute of Fame is a new weekly podcast hosted by me, Jamie Loftus. And every week we take a closer look at an internet character of the day. Who are they? What made them so notorious? How did the internet or the algorithm choose them? And what does a person do when they're suddenly confronted with more attention than the human psyche can handle? Listen to 16th Minute of Fame on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Imagine you're a fly on the wall at a dinner between the mafia, the CIA, and the KGB. That's where my new podcast begins. This is Neil Strauss, host of To Live and Die in L.A., and I wanted to quickly tell you about an intense new series about a dangerous spy taught to seduce men for their secrets and sometimes their lives. From Tenderfoot TV, this is To Die For. To Die For is available now. Listen for free on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Danielle Moody here, host of the Woke AF Daily podcast. We've been with iHeart for a year, and what a year it has been. As we head deeper into 2024 and yet another life-changing election cycle, Woke AF Daily is here to keep you sane and woke. Make Woke AF Daily your podcast destination for 2024 election news and analysis. Listen to Woke AF Daily Season 5 on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.